Hey everyone, this is Tristan, and I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of the different treatments that we like to use. And yes, we use these at our clinic, but these are available all over the place. And some of them we can do no matter where you're located. The one I'm most excited about is the blood chemistry analysis. And because we're so excited about this, we thought this was a great opportunity for us to do a giveaway. So we're gonna give away a free blood chemistry analysis. If you're interested in entering the drawing for that, all you have to do is go to our podcast page and put in your email address in the little pop-up that'll show up in the left corner of the screen, or if you're on your phone down at the bottom of the screen. And to get to our podcast homepage, go to gutsy.ch slash podcast. One more time, that's gutsy.ch slash podcast. All right, talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the Gutsy Health Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about a little bit about our clinic, actually, our baby. This is our, this is something that we birthed together and are trying to sustain, keep alive, I guess. Yeah. And we'll actually have more to say about keeping it alive pretty soon here. But for now, once we get the clearance from our lawyer. Right. So, so this episode, we're really going to focus on, on the why of why we chose everything we did. Everything that we do in the clinic is the result of a lot of research, a lot of individual experience, and to be fair, a little bit of intuition went yeah. into all of it as well. So, totally. so they are, each of these treatments is like a, a baby to us. And, mm-hmm. and we, we spent hours, like weeks, months researching why we pulled in these machines into our our practice. And it's an ongoing process too. We are constantly researching new options and we even test drive a lot of things and most of them end up failing. Right. Um, Either we just can't catch the fever and it's not Mm -hmm. exciting or interesting to us or it's just the research is just not there. It doesn't doesn't pass the sniff test in yeah. terms of like it just feels like it's bull, right? If I can say that, <laughs> um, you can say that. Okay, well, sometimes it just feels like it's bull. So we end up not keeping a lot of stuff that that comes our way, and so the things that are left over, the things that we continually go back to time and time again, are things that we really dearly love. Exactly. So should we start with the hyperbaric chamber? We might as well. That's a kind right. of our beast. I know. It's our beast. It's our very controversial issue. It takes up most of the space. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you the story behind the hyperbaric chamber and why we decided on it. You, you guys are probably like, what, what drew you to this? So back in the day when you know Tristan had his stage for a diagnosis and I was feverish, I was in a black hole trying to just find research on anything. And even considering sending him off to, you know, these clinics in Mexico or Europe or Arizona. And um, I try to see the common denominator with all of these clinics. What were they all doing? Because if they're all doing it, it must be something that works. And so what I kept seeing, what the common denominator was, and I'm all about common denominators, guys, because they just prove themselves over and over again. The common denominator was these clinics are using hyperbaric oxygen chambers. So I was like, what is it about the oxygen 
that is so effective with their cancer patients and so effective with treatments. And so um, I did some further digging and actually in one of the support uh, Facebook groups for a cancer, like alternative cancer therapies, someone actually mentioned there was a, um, they do these, what are they called, babe? When they, they do these research presentations, it's like, um, Massive seminars. It's uh, the only thing. Oh, I like can, the conferences. Yes, the only thing I could compare it to in my mind is like Comic Con. Yes. They, well, well <laughs> it's basically, like the medical com- version of Comic Con. <laughs> Comic Con for doctors and oncologists. Exactly. Where they nerd out, but on totally different things. And patient advocates too. Like we could. There's a lot of them where researchers and doctors are presenting, and cancer patients can go and learn about the latest research along with doctors. So, anyways, long tangent. So, um, someone on one of these groups, I I asked on the group, has anyone researched hyperbaric oxygen therapy? And someone got back with me and said, actually, there was a a doctor who presented in Germany last year, and in his Q&A, someone asked him about that, and his reply was this. He said, Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is proving to be really, really, really successful with cancer treatments, but you need a lot of them. And so I remember reading that because um, what you can do is you can look up these uh, conferences and then you can read up on the notes and whatnot. And um, so I read up on the notes and I remember thinking after reading, you need a lot of hyperbaric chamber treatments. I remember thinking, we need to buy a chamber. And Tristan needs to sleep in that chamber. <laughs> he hasn't. But I remember thinking like, what if he just spent like a whole weekend in the chamber, like every weekend or something, you know? And so um, so I, I text Tristan. I remember texting him and being like, I think we need to buy a chamber, babe. <laughs> and he was like, no. And I'm like, no, I, no, I really think we need to buy a chamber. So I started calling places and... um. And I'll be honest, like I had to, I didn't know anything about hyperbaric chambers and like medical, uh, not, I don't want to say medical dosages, but like therapeutic dosages of, of the, the therapies, like how deep or how, like how deep do people need to go for how long, which machines can take you that deep. Um, do you want to explain what I mean by deep? So yeah, a little bit of background on how hyperbaric works and yeah, I'll just explain the whole process. So yeah. what we're really doing is combining really high pressure with really high purity oxygen. And as I say this, I'm laughing to myself because I use this same wording all the time. So there are probably people out there who are repeating it back in their head going, yeah, I've heard that before. But mm-hmm. but this is what we do. We're using high purity oxygen. We're using high pressure. And what happens is as we increase the pressure, it forces those oxygen molecules to get smaller and smaller, right? They get compressed into a smaller space because they're gases they can almost do that indefinitely. They yeah, they can right? change. Right? If you if you shape. think of an atom, almost all of it is empty space. So there is lots of room there for the gases to get more and more compact. Mm-hmm. Solids on the other hand can't do that. Liquids cannot do that. So they stay at the same size that they always are. Yeah. So as we're in this chamber increasing the pressure, all of the gases which includes the oxygen are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, which means they can fit into smaller and smaller spaces. So all of the typical blockages that prevent oxygen from getting everywhere that Mm -hmm. your body needs it to go, whether that's because of injuries or inflammation or Mm -hmm. scar tissue, tumors, different things like that, no longer are a problem for oxygen once it gets small enough. Mm -hmm. And But then the pressure as well, 
forces it into tissues and liquids. So for instance, everyone listening to this podcast right now, unless you're in a hyperbaric chamber, um, the only delivery mechanism of oxygen in your body right now are your red blood cells. But with the pressure from the chamber, not only are your red blood cells now carrying oxygen molecules, but your plasma starts carrying the, the oxygen molecules too. And so you are just hyper, hyper saturated with oxygen. You go from about 98% saturation to some uh, research has said up to 2,500%. And that's the other important thing to keep in mind. You might remember this from high school chemistry or some other class where gases fill their container Mm -hmm. uniformly, meaning that you're going to have the same number of oxygen molecules in every part of the container, regardless of how big that container is. So as we're pumping more and more oxygen in, we're increasing that pressure. We're essentially turning you into a big soda can, except for oxygen instead of poison, which is great. Uh, And and even at right now, like breathing our air, our air isn't all oxygen. It's like here in Utah, it's what, 17, 18%? Yeah, it's it's on the lower side of things, maybe even 16%. Because we're up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. But um, but when you get in a chamber, you are breathing, and at least our chamber treatments is 99.5% oxygen. Mm -hmm. So it's a massive increase with that pressure. So pretend your body is basically a soda can for oxygen. You know how they kind of pressurize that carbon dioxide into the soda to make it fizzy. Well, we're doing the same thing just with oxygen, with your blood and your plasma and your tissues, because you are between 70 and 75% liquid. And so, so we can do that. You are. I I think it's a bit lower for women. It's like 55% for men. It's about 60%. I will. Bet you money we are, on that. We're, <laughs> Children are up I, to 65 You know what? We're going to look this up to, at the end of the, the why, episode. And, why wait? We can look it okay, up my guess right is so, now. Well, because people want to get on with the episode. Well, okay, so my the guess next, is 75%. The next question, though, is why does it matter that we're getting all that oxygen into your system? If we are oh, yeah. oxygen-breathing individuals important. that always have oxygen, why would it matter if we increase that any bit at all? There are a few different reasons why this really matters. Mm-hmm. One of the most important being that oxygen is anti-inflammatory. Very. So as we get oxygen into your tissues, it's going to help bring down inflammation. Mm-hmm. And if you think of what inflammation is responsible for, it, it, it causes all kinds of problems all in the system. All kinds of decay and disease and everything. Mm-hmm. So being able to bring that inflammation down is hugely important mm-hmm. to general health. Yeah. And for a lot of people, rampant inflammation is ultimately yeah. what ends up doing them in, right? I exactly. mean, they don't die of inflammation, but it leads to the things that do kill them. Totally. Uh, another thing that oxygen does is it's that an immune, it, go, go, go ahead. No, no. An immune booster. It, it's an so immune what you're going to say? You were, I, I wasn't oh. going to take that from you. You were so excited. <laughs> I was excited. I'll talk about this one. Go so when we um, hyper-oxygenate the body, it, it, it kind of boosts your white blood cells. Your white blood cells um, oxidize pathogens, viruses, bacterias. Um, so when you give your white blood cells more oxygen, way more oxygen, it's almost like, um, let's pretend at normal, your white blood cells are using BB gun bullets to like kill pathogens. Well, you get in a chamber, you take away the BB gun and you give them a flamethrower and then it just kind of destroys everything because it has so much more ammo, like so much more powerful ammo. 
Was I right? Okay, Tristan's looking at the numbers. Was I right? <laughs> no. What? Who are the numbers for up, the- Up to 60% of the human adult body is water. So no. now I have a confession to Jeez. make. You cheated. I, I already knew the answer because oh. Tennyson and I read that in his body book last night. <laughs> oh, that's But adorable. you were so confident. I just <laughs> I had so to call you confident. on that. <laughs> okay, let's- so. Let's move on. Okay. All right. So we know that oxygen brings down inflammation. We know it's an immune booster in two ways, right? Mm -hmm. One, because it directly will help to fight certain pathogens in the body. Mm -hmm. And two, because it is the supercharger for our white blood cells that have the job of going around totally. killing stuff that shouldn't be there. Yeah. So it's awesome that way. Uh, another thing that oxygen can really help with is the generation of new tissues. Mm -hmm. and it stimulates stem cell growth. Yeah. Like your own stem cell growth too. Exactly. And and what do we know about stem cells? So far, we know that they are necessary for the production of new tissue, mm -hmm. which is fantastic for healing. Mm -hmm. But we are also learning more and more every day about what they can do for different illnesses. Right. There are people using stem cells for virtually every disease out there from right. cancer to ALS mm -hmm. to... You name it, yeah. right? There uh, injuries, of course. It, the most common usage right now, I think, is probably yep. trying to avoid hip replacements and, right. and shoulder shoulder surgeries and all that by injecting stem cells in and regrowing that tissue, basically. And of course, they've had mixed success with a lot of these things. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who think it's more hype than actual progress. Right. But what we can say is that we know hyperbaric oxygen treatments boost the production of stem cells. Mm -hmm. And even more importantly, they help boost the availability of stem yeah. cells in the system. So yeah. you don't, you're not just making them, but you're actually, you have access to them. Exactly. So when we combine this with these different types of stem cell treatments, the odds of having a successful outcome can only go up. Right. Which is really exciting. And I do believe that as we do more and more research on this, we're going to see yeah. really exciting things. So if your mom or aunt or uncle or dad or anyone you know is actually trying to avoid surgery by doing stem cell therapy, uh, you should absolutely recommend hyperbaric treatments post-injection of those stem cells because their body will take the treatment um, more successfully with hyperbaric. Otherwise, they could potentially lose like $20,000 and have a very ineffective stem cell therapy. Right. So what's next? So I, Swelling. We yeah. know that with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, um, even and this could be a direct result from just the pressure of the chamber, um, the therapy actually decreases swelling. So if you have any kind of swelling, um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy helps a lot with that. And this is going to be beneficial, obviously, because it helps improve blood flow, yeah. right? And, and beyond just exactly. the benefits of the treatment itself, that's going to help your body to heal mm -hmm. long-term. If you don't have proper blood flow to tissues, you have disease and you have disorders in those tissues. Mm -hmm. So oxygen is crucial for everything. One other thing oxygen is really important for is... Um, 
is sorry, just Tristan is rubbing his eyebrows, <laughs> looking at me strangely, I'm just waiting to see what you're gonna say. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's coming down the pipeline? <laughs> oh, you guys, we didn't write out a script at all today or an outline, so we're not even sure we're gonna use this episode. <laughs> I think we will. Um, I forgot. Oh no, no, no! What you need oxygen for is you need um, glucose and oxygen to make energy in your body. If mm-hmm. you don't have oxygen or glucose, you are making no ATP. And ATP is the power molecule for every single cell in your body. That's why oxygen is so important. Yeah. So when you really drill down, what happens without ATP is that your cells have a hard time transporting materials to the places they need it. The cells that actually move around have a hard time moving around and they, I mean, they virtually, they can't communicate as effectively. Exactly. So, so your body will virtually shut down mm-hmm. without having enough. I mean, we know that your body's going to shut down without oxygen, yep. but it's happening at a cellular level. Yep. But what happens for most people is that we are chronically low on oxygen, right? Not so low that we feel like we're suffocating, but low enough, especially if you're up at altitude, like we are mm-hmm. here in Utah, that it is having a low-grade effect on you all the time. Exactly. And this is something that people really don't appreciate, is that, yes, hyperbaric oxygen is fantastic for these very serious illnesses, right? We have people yeah. that, that get prescriptions for everything from cancer to Lyme disease to surgery recovery, and that's a fantastic use of it. But- Far too few people recognize the potential benefit for those who don't have acute, immediate issues, right. but they could certainly benefit from having more oxygen in their system. Absolutely. You could do a shallow dive. We call them dives, by the way. Yeah. Uh, once a week. And it could benefit you in fantastic ways, just in terms of feeling like you have more energy, mm-hmm. feeling like you have fewer aches and pains. In fact, the or one of like one of the best results that people get from this is they say, "I had the best sleep of my ni- of my life." Yeah, like, you, it you helps with like better. brain chemistry, hor- like hormones, neurotransmitters, just clarity it's, of thought. Mm-hmm. Right, the brain fog lifts for them. Yes, I mean. It's it's amazing what it's capable of doing, and people really shouldn't yeah. wait until they're on death's door before yeah. they start considering it. So, who are the people that we see the most in our chambers? Would you say? So we have, I would say, there are three demographics that really tend to come to our chambers. Mm-hmm. One of them is I'd cancer. Say there's four. But yeah, I want to hear what you're oh, saying. Well, well, let's see what I'm missing. I'm going to up you. So one of them is cancer. And that for an obvious reason, that's because we got it for my cancer, right? Yeah. And because it was for my cancer, that was sort of the narrative that spread through mm-hmm. word of mouth that, oh, the chambers help with cancer. So so we do have people that come for that all the time. Uh, the other one that we get very, very frequently is Lyme disease. Yeah. Um, do and, you want to explain why? Um, sure. Yeah, we can go into it. So, so there was... One study, and now this is where the science gets a little bit hazy, okay? Because this study was not peer-reviewed. It was not published beyond a conference report, mm-hmm. as far as I recall. Um, but it was this a, a Dr. Fife down in Houston, Texas, I believe, yep. who he looked at tons and tons of patients with... I think it was like 74 or 75 yeah, patients. Incurable. I like was thinking about 80. Incurable. But, but yeah, so they... From they, Lyme disease. So basically... That severe chronic Lyme disease. Like they've they had been, been written off by their doctors all, as like, 
we can't do anything You're right. for you. Sorry. Exactly. So they're like the worst of the worst of like patients with Lyme actually. And so, so they threw all these patients into hyperbaric chambers and they did really deep sessions, mm-hmm. uh, what, two and a half to three atmospheres, somewhere right. in that range. And they did between somewhere 40 between- 40 and 100 sessions. Yeah, so a ton of sessions, mm-hmm. right? a lot of sessions. Yep. But here's the amazing thing. They found remission- in like complete remission and about 84% like, yep. of these patients. Yeah. 84%. It's pretty that's, amazing. That's incredible. Especially now, in the Lyme community. Cause how many of you people now actually know Lyme patients and they have spent like thousands and thousands of dollars on therapies that haven't worked. The, the relapse rate for Lyme patients is, is it's gotta be atrocious. like 80, 90%. Right. So, so getting an 84% remission rate from this treatment was fantastic. From the and, most incurable people. And as far as we know, they were only doing these treatments and antibiotics. Were they doing, I don't even think they were doing antibiotics. Uh, I don't know. We'll have the, to the, go back and look. The problem is that it, there just isn't enough detail in the mm-hmm. study. And that's what's so frustrating about this, that they would claim such amazing results and not go through the trouble of getting it peer-reviewed and published. That, well, maybe we, well- you know why, right? Because it's so expensive. It, but they already did the study. Right. The write-up would be peanuts compared to what they'd already put well, into it. So tons of political right. skin so, in the game as well. So I'm still frustrated that it didn't happen. But that that's a really good illustration of how we try to do our research with right. our clinic. Because... We want there to be research. We do. We want there right. to be these peer-reviewed studies. But I've talked about, Janique and I did an episode not long ago about how flawed the research is out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we understand it has limitations. But then we also had our trainer who trained us on the chamber operations and stuff. He he trains like hundreds of people who have clinics like ours. And uh, he was instructing us about Lyme protocols and Lyme mm-hmm. patients and stuff and saying the success rate in those clinics as well is just astounding. Right. So so we take the research as far as it can go. And then but anecdotal then, evidence. And then we start looking to what I consider even more important, which is what's happening in the clinical setting, mm-hmm. right? What are the results that the people on the ground, the, the people right. at the battlefront are yep. seeing with these treatments. And if they are consistently seeing good results over and over and over again, especially if it's multiple different clinics that all have their own kind of style, but they're using the same general approach, if they consistently get good results, that to me says way more than any controlled lab study out there. Exactly. And that's what we saw with the Lyme disease was that there were all these clinics all over the country reporting these amazing results with Lyme disease using hyperbaric oxygen. Exactly. So it made sense to us to at least try it out. Yep. Right? And and we did. <laughs> and we did. Like and it's been Amazing. So, so that's we, two. Yeah, we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to do our, like our own little Lyme we, episode yeah. because it's it's so amazing no, we, what we've seen in our. We clinic. actually we will we'll do, we'll do an episode on our Lyme protocol, which, as far as I know, is the only one of its kind in the entire world. Right. No one else does exactly what we do with it. Maybe and there's someone out there I, as well that does it. Who knows? Call me. Yeah, right. you are. Call me. <laughs> we want to together and talk. Um, but but uh, what's your what's your third? All right, so the third is surgery recovery, obviously. Okay. That's, right. I mean, a huge percentage of what we do is and surgery recovery. And I would say recovery. fourth is chronic fatigue. Um, oh, fair. I mean, we've had a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a, a few. A few that have been extremely successful. 
Yes, that yeah. is true. They have tried everything else under the sun. So, but but going back to the surgery recovery, oh, yeah, we get such great results from this that they keep coming back. Yeah, right. Not not the individuals, but the referral sources. Mm-hmm. They so love what they see. There's a surgeon in particular who sends tons of clients because he says like those people heal faster. Their scars are much smaller. The swelling is far less like de- it's way more decreased the bruising goes down you can see increased blood flow at mm-hmm. the incision even yeah which is where they're most likely to scar up on the surface exactly and obviously as a cosmetic surgeon a concern is making sure you don't have visible scars after yep. the surgery so and this is a surgeon who is a perfectionist i have never come across anyone as um, meticulous as him. And so, um, so yeah, he keeps sending people over to us because he knows it works. He sees it. And yep. so, and then chronic fatigue. Let's okay, so, chronic so fatigue. chronic fatigue, this one's fascinating and frustrating and mysterious, but basically mm-hmm. this, this concept and it, it gets thrown out with all kinds of situations, but it's people have their fatigue fatigued all mm-hmm. the time. It doesn't seem to matter what they do. They're we, just tired we'll, all the time. We'll do an entire awful. episode on it, I think. Well, it'll have important. to have its own thing. But yeah. but the important takeaway for this is that most of these people who have been dealing with chronic fatigue have been dealing mm-hmm. with it for a long time. Yeah. And they've tried everything under the sun and they get at best a small bump in energy for a short period of time, which then very quickly reverts back to how they were before. Mm -hmm. Um, It affects everything from their, their sleep quality to their digestion. A lot of them can hardly eat anything. I mean, it, it sounds like a terrible fate. Right. And uh, we've had at least a couple of different cases, mm-hmm. three, I think so, of people who in that same position I just described, they came in, they started doing our chamber, started using our protocols, mm-hmm. and they're seeing improvements. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to say that they they're, go in the chamber for 10 sessions and then they're, they're cured. cured. No. But uh, they're able to- Function. Hold down a job. In yeah. cases where they haven't for a long time? Our one case, he went from working four hours a week to a full 40 hours. So so he could work full time again. Um, and so that was pretty incredible to see. Um, so anyway, so those are the four things I think that we see a lot of in the clinic. And then some people just for, you know, normal health and wellness. Um, some for pain and, um, you know, autoimmune issues. But I'll be the first to admit that we are underutilizing hyperbaric oxygen Mm -hmm. because there are so many other options out there that hyperbaric can be helpful for that just we aren't. Well, why are we underutilizing it, Tristan? I I don't know. (laughs) Why are we? (laughs) What did I do? No, no, I I say that kind of because... uh, because it's all political. It's a right. political power game because the medical industry doesn't want such a therapeutic thing to be used outside of hospital settings. Because remember how I've said in past episodes, have I said this in past episodes, that the medical industry is really a business? Right. It's a it's a cartel if you get down yeah. to it, right? It's a, <laughs> a medical mafia. It's a conglomerate of business. Businesses, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, who they get all of their money by controlling your access to 
certain therapies. Yep. To, exactly. To healing modalities. It's a massive political game. And yeah, they're not big fans of the rogue alternative health people. And you know, their their most common tool is not politics. It's actually uh, public shame. Mm-hmm. Right? How many how many times have you heard people mocking alternative health in one form or another? Right. And to be fair, sometimes alternative health deserves it. Mm-hmm. It is not a singular block that is all good or all bad. Right. But it is amazing to me how effectively the medical establishment has utilized the so-called weaknesses of alternative health yeah. to make it look like anyone who does anything alternative is a charlatan and a fool and they're just Absolutely. out to steal your money well, and a criminal. Exactly. Well, what makes me laugh so hard, and we get this almost weekly, is uh, people who want to do the chamber uh, treatments, they have to have a prescription before they can enter the chamber. So we say, go to your doctor, get a prescription, and then we can put you in. Um, and yes, we do this with every single patient. And um, a lot of them will come back and they'll be like, well, my doctor laughed at me and said that it would never work and then I'm like, okay, did they write you the prescription? And their their reply is, no, they said they would absolutely not write the prescription. So I'm like, so they're laughing and saying that this treatment doesn't work and you'd be wasting your time and money, but they won't write you a prescription for it. Like, is it like, that makes no sense. It's like, okay, if you think this is as foolish as just like asking for a bottle of air, then just write a prescription for a bottle of air and let the client be the fool, right? Yeah, what, what they like to do is have their cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. so to speak, because they want to tell you at once that it is useless and doesn't do anything and also that it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, which yep. you, you kind of have to pick, right? Either it's potent and potentially dangerous or it's impotent and yep. you have nothing to lose by trying it. So in fact, our, the person who trained us on chamber, uh, operations and stuff, he said the underwriting for insurances for, um, acupuncturists is actually more extensive than hyperbaric operations and owning a, and running a hyperbaric, uh, chamber because, um, cause it's really that safe. Right. So in the eyes of the people whose job is to know the risk of all these different types of treatments, yep. hyperbaric is safer than acupuncture. Right. So, um, that tells you something, but, but really when you get down to it, the fact is that most of these doctors are, they don't, they're not, haven't been educated on what hyperbaric is capable of. Yep. And when they have been educated, it's been kind of poor education because it's coming Super from poor. the establishment that's telling them there are only four situations where hyperbaric is effective. Mm-hmm. Diving injury, um, mana, ma, carbon, carbon monoxide. monoxide poisoning, <laughs> mana, whatever that word is, um, crush injuries, and then diabetic wounds. Mm-hmm. I think those are the four. So you guys are going to love this. So the only way your insurance will pay for you to get hyperbaric oxygen therapy if you have a diabetic wound is if you have a wound that's not healing and you have failed antibiotics several times and the infection has now gone to the bone. So that's when they can approve you for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Once, and then they start healing. Why don't we just jump to hyperbaric and like get rid of all those antibiotics? You basically have to reroute the gurney on its way to the surgical table to mm-hmm. amputate the foot in order to get yourself in the hyperbaric chamber. And of course, by then it's almost too late, right? So right. then they try it out. Ah, oh, it didn't work. We still had to amputate. 
Of course. And then they, they try to claim that, well, see, that's just proof that it's not all that effective. Why but, are we wasting our time with it? But then we've had people come to us and tell us, oh, my friend or my uncle or so-and-so, um, they, they almost had to have their foot amputated, but hyperbaric oxygen therapy literally saved their foot. Mm-hmm. And therefore they saved you know, an appendage. And so- um, And the difference in those cases is that they had a doctor who was open-minded and educated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? And it is a shame to me that we have to basically win the lottery with our doctors yep. in order to- It's like Russian roulette, basically. It, it, it basically is, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you have to be so fortunate to have a doctor who is open-minded, is constantly educating them on the different yep. options, and is willing to take a risk by yep. recommending it to their exactly. patients. And thank heaven that there are doctors like this out there but why? But why why have we put so ourselves in a position where mm-hmm. we are reliant on the good doctors exactly. to get us these things? Because far too often, they aren't well-educated. Exactly. The only education they're getting is education on medication from the yeah. reps who buy their lunch. Yep, exactly. And um, and a lot of the, the training or education that they actually do get on hyperbaric oxygen therapy um, is kind of old school. A lot of doctors that I have heard about or from or spoken to, they are quoting research that was from the 90s that has been debunked over and over. So for instance, how many of you have said or heard that hyperbaric oxygen therapy and oxygen actually makes cancer cells grow? Mm -hmm. Now those studies have been debunked over and over and over again. In fact, the opposite is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Now there are some contraindications with some chemotherapy drugs. Mm -hmm. So if you are taking um, certain chemotherapy drugs and want to do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, then those are contraindicated because the oxygen therapy actually inhibits the chemotherapy's drug um, t- from doing its job. And we don't want that. But we actually, when Janik was first learning about the hyperbaric oxygen treatments, we actually took it to a, a it, very well-known uh-huh. oncologist who is known and, for his integrative methods. Yep, he's methods. an integrative oncologist. Right, so this is supposed to be one of the most open-minded oncologists out there because yep. he's using nutrition, he's using exercise, he's using chronomodulated chemotherapy, Right. right? And when Janik presented this idea to him. Well, we had to get a prescription to buy the chamber. So we called this doctor up and said, we want to buy a prescription for the chamber. And he called back in a panic. He's like, don't you do that. That is so dangerous. You can like pop a lung. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like you can pop. So I went back to the doctor that I was talking to, who was helping me pick and choose which chamber to buy and educating me on that. And he was like, no, that's absolutely not true. And so I asked him, I said, okay, if you had a family member who had cancer, what would you do? And he was like, I would have bought a chamber last month. And so I was like, and this is someone who is well-versed in the hyperbaric chamber community and knows his stuff. And I was like, okay, you clearly know what you're talking about. And this guy doesn't. And, and so that just goes to show you, though, how widespread these misconceptions can be and that um, you have to educate yourself. You exactly. Can't, you cannot just trust in the knowledge of your doctor because exactly. they don't have time to look into everything. Yep. They don't have the flexibility to take risks with new and not as well-known treatments out right. there. Exactly. They're, they're, it's just there's too many incentives for them to be conservative and to limit your options. Right. So there you go. What's next? 
Okay, so that covers one <laughs> of our clinic treatments. I think that's kind of the big one, you know, that there's there's so much there's so much people don't know or understand about hyperbaric and how it yeah. works and what it does. Maybe and people are, are terrified by it. So I think ozone will only need like ten minutes. You think so? Yeah, how long right, are we so, going into this? So while Jeanique was looking into the hyperbaric oxygen, I was doing some similar research, trying to find some of those commonalities of what are other clinics doing that seem to be having success? What is out there that we could look into? And I came across ozone therapy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so started looking into ozone therapy. turns out there's just hundreds of different methods of applying ozone. And one of the most common is actually through an IV where they essentially... Mm-hmm. Pull out your blood. They pull out like a gallon of blood. They, they quickly ozonate it. it. And then they put it back into your system. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like getting your dialysis done, right? If you've yep. got kidney issues. But uh, but with ozone. And it's highly invasive for obvious reasons. Yep. They're removing your blood from your body. It's uncomfortable because you have to get poked and you have to sit there with the needle in your well, arm. And don't they push it in super fast they, too? They do so have you're to- getting this like Influx. They do have to push it in. Um, people often people, feel sick, and it's like, not uncommon to get burns at mm-hmm. the injection site because yep. ozone is capable of doing that. Yeah, and and so it's it's just it's a challenging thing. And there are tons of really cool benefits from doing these IV treatments, but um, it didn't seem ideal. Now, there's also the method of you can create your own ozone at home, and then apply it in different ways. Like you can ozonate water and drink it, or you can uh, do- but you have to buy a generator. You can't yeah, just you, like you buy to, ozone from a bottle because ozone is very volatile. So you have to- It'll just dissipate really yeah. fast. So you won't, it wouldn't be worth the money. But uh, you can also insufflate it, which means you're basically putting it into various holes. Yep. Well, some yep. of them um, are your rectum. Yeah. Yes. You can also <laughs> do your ears, I was going to say, or mm-hmm. your nose. But- um, but, or you, you guys, your vaginal cavity. So one of the problems though with this is that you are limited to where you can get ozone through this method, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to get into your bloodstream because it's not accessing your bloodstream. Like Janik right. said, it's very volatile, which means that it can dissipate before it gets very deep. So I came across this uh, machine and it's called the Hocket. And that is spelled H-O-C-A-T-T and it stands for brace yourself, hyperthermic ozone carbonic acid transdermal therapy. What does that mean, Tristan? <laughs> so <laughs> explain it to us. All right. So now I'm going to describe the what I call the detox beast mm-hmm. of Hockett. Because it really is. It has a few different modalities to it that are all really cool. And independently, they can all do a lot of great things. But when you combine them together, it is this masterpiece of detoxification. So let's start with the hyperthermia. There's mm-hmm. a, it's basically a, a sauna. It's an, a far infrared sauna built into this machine that heats you up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe sometime we'll do an episode just on saunas, but they're really great for lots of reasons. Just to keep it brief. Some of the big ones are it's great for immunity it's great for circulation and it's great for cardiovascular health and detoxification. And of course, detoxification. Mm-hmm. It can help your body to do all kinds of great cleaning. Like house. get rid of heavy metals mm-hmm. and stealth pathogens and all those yucky things that your body yep. shouldn't have inside of it. 
Right. And then we've got the ozone. hyperthermic ozone. Thank you. So the ozone <laughs> that we've been talking about. Now, what's really cool about the hocket is that before it even starts presenting the ozone to you, it spends a few minutes soaking you in carbon Carbonic dioxide. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so carbon dioxide is pumped into the chamber and it mixes with the steam from the sauna to create carbonic acid. And that carbonic acid has a few really cool effects on your body. One of them is that it causes your pores to get really To big. dilate. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into those pores and it tells your blood, dump all your oxygen to the nearby tissues. Exactly. Which your blood does. And, and that's important because if, you're, if your blood is dumping oxygen, you're, the tissues around it that are getting that oxygen are obviously healing and repairing and getting a boost in ATP production. So they're functioning better. Right. But it also leaves the red blood cells open for more oxygen. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Keep in mind that the vast majority of oxygen in your body is tied up in the blood cells. Exactly. Right. It's not just hanging out with all your tissues, letting no. them get all the oxygen they want. It's it's attached to that it's hemoglobin. Found in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so getting it to dump out is already boosting your oxygen levels. Exactly. But then you get really hungry red blood cells that are like, we need to fill all of these little hemoglobin. holders we've got mm -hmm. with new oxygen. So after a few minutes of this carbon dioxide or carbonic acid, which also, by the way, activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and relaxation. Because how many of us could use more of that? <laughs> we are a society that is so uh -huh. stressed out that we could all use some more relaxation. And the cool thing is that the reason it does this is because it wants your body to bring in more oxygen. The presence of carbon dioxide tells your body, we need more oxygen. So you get more relaxed, which means you breathe more fully, which means more oxygen comes in. Oh, by the way, this machine, we have you breathing pure oxygen while you're in it. So voila, everything's yeah. working together. So exactly. we've got a few minutes of that and then it switches over. It starts pumping in the ozone. The ozone normally would not be able to get very deep into your tissues because of your skin. Mm -hmm. it, ozone is a large molecule. It has three atoms instead of the usual two that come with oxygen. Three oxygen uh -huh. three, molecules. Three oxygen atoms attached yeah. to this molecule compared to two normally. So it can't usually get into your skin very well. But when we've got that carbonic acid treatment, that has opened up your pores, suddenly it's it a lot more in. accessible. So exactly. the ozone goes in through those big pores and it starts doing its magic. So ozone is a lot like oxygen, like we just said, which mm -hmm. means it's anti-inflammatory. It is a- Antiviral. It is a cleanser. Mm -hmm. Antiviral, antibacterial, anti-unit. Antifungal, mm -hmm. everything, anti-parasitic. Because, and the reason why is because um, oxygen, like Tristan said, is a, it's an, it's two oxygens double bound together. So it's very, very stable. When you make ozone, you have to use electricity. And so it plops on a third um, oxygen on there creating ozone. And that is very unstable. And when you have an unstable molecule, it's extremely reactive. So you get ozone in you and it reacts to everything it encounters. So if it hits a pathogen, it will oxidize that pathogen by releasing that volatile oxygen just kind of hanging off there. Um, if it hits bacteria, it disrupts that the, the, the wall of that bacteria and essentially um, disables it completely. And uh, it's, it's just really cleansing. It, we call it the deep cleaner. 
the internal and external deep cleaner. You come out of that thing and you are squeaky clean. You've never been that clean before in your life. Yeah. So if it isn't clear already, when Johnny says it's unstable, that's a good thing yes. in this case. Because We're not talking about like radioactive unstable. We're talking like healthy mm-hmm. healing benefits unstable. Yep. We're talking a very readily available oxygen atom that's just waiting for something to do. Now here's something that's hilarious. And by hilarious, I'm actually rolling my eyes. How many of our patients have told their doctors that they're doing ozone therapy on themselves or their children and their doctors gasp in horror and they're like, oh my gosh, why would you do something so terrible? Mm -hmm. And the reason why they have that reaction is one, they don't know jack about ozone, but two, uh, when people typically think of ozone, they think of pollution. You've probably thought that yourself while you're listening to us because if you've ever listened to the weather report and they're talking about the air quality, they say, oh, ozone levels are really high, stay Mm -hmm. indoors. And so why why is pollution and ozone so um, overlapped? Why do people- So- Mix up the two. The the relative danger of ozone is dependent on the source of the ozone. There you go. Ozone tends to form outside because of certain chemical reactions in the air that mm-hmm. occur during levels of high pollution. Yep. Right. So and, it's not the ozone, it's what it's associated with. Right. Yeah. And and most people don't understand that. They think it's the ozone itself that's bad. And to be fair, if you breathe in ozone in high quantities, it is not good. It's gonna for make your you lungs. cough. It's, it, it's extremely reactive. It's and an so, irritant on mm-hmm. any mucosal lining, which includes your throat and your lungs. So you will cough, cough, cough. It's not fun. It's happened to me a few times. It's happened to our son. We, we They live. We don't want that to happen. Yeah. But that is not indicative of the danger of ozone. Exactly. That's just indicative of you need to be careful when you're doing this stuff. Exactly. So once it's actually in your body, it does wondrous things that we have seen over and over and over again for all variety of illnesses and conditions. So differentiating between therapeutic ozone and ozone tainted with pollution is very, very important. In fact, there are multiple companies out there that utilize ozone for disinfecting pools and disinfecting gyms. And there is even an ozonator that... Um, you can hook up to your washer and clean your clothes with just ozone. No detergent necessary, which think of how that can help the environment. Oh my gosh, isn't that amazing? Because when ozone breaks down, it turns into oxygen. Oxygen. (laughs) So there's really no downside to ozone other than inhaling it. And so just don't inhale it, guys. But um, it, it just blows my mind that it actually, it's had such a bad reputation in the past, but ozone is becoming really, really popular now. Everyone's doing it. Everybody, it's like, it's so hot. It's the new trend. And I want so to remind you guys right that now. we were there first. Well, so. <laughs> we probably weren't. I'm kidding. We no, were we there weren't. Before some people, yeah. so we got that going for us. I'm just playing. Now we have people use the. Oh, we haven't even finished talking about everything the Hockett does. So there's there is another modality that's included with the Hockett treatments that this is controversial even for me because. The research is so mixed on it, but this is electrotherapy. The anecdotal evidence though is like pretty incredible though. So so you may have heard of uh, Rife machines before or um, microcurrents or frequency, what is it? Frequency specific. Yeah, microcurrents. microcurrents. Mm -hmm. So the idea with this is that if we can match the 
uh, resonant frequency of a biological process, then we can either strengthen it or weaken, weaken it. it. And to translate that, that means if we can get the electrical frequency running through your body to hit just the right note, so to speak, mm-hmm. then we can strengthen your body in some ways and we can also weaken things that we don't want in your body in other ways. So think of an opera singer shattering a glass mm-hmm. because she hit a the exact same frequency of that glass. And so they, they um, what is it? They, they cross- They resonate. Yeah, and then it, then it explodes. So it's the exact same concept with- so- cells and pathogens and viruses and hormones right. and neurotransmitters and everything like that. So so the Hockett has, it's basically a list of about 133 different programs. And we don't know what goes into those programs. Um, we just know what they do. And so we'll pick something like, oh, there's a Lyme disease protocol. So we'll run that one. And what it'll do is over the course of the treatment, it'll just run through all these different frequencies that have been shown to be effective for Lyme disease. And people get the benefit of that on top of everything else they're doing. Yep. So so it's controversial because as far as I'm aware, there are no definitive studies out there showing that these types of treatments really accomplish what they claim to accomplish. Right. But once you get into the clinical world again, you do get a lot of really positive anecdotes saying that this makes a difference for people. Right. And we know it's safe, which means that since we're already putting people into this machine and since we know that we have nothing to lose by adding these frequency-specific microcurrents, we might as well throw it on there. Exactly. And what we find is that we get good results. So I don't really care whether or not it's evidentially backed or not. Right. I just we actually have people come works. in and they're like, I'm just here for the micro frequencies. And yeah. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do the whole session too, but they're like, I swear these frequencies are what's changing my life. I'm like, all right, fantastic. We'll just go with that, you yeah. know? So so imagine this 30 minute session where you're getting a sauna treatment, you're getting an ozone, ozone treatment, treatment, you're breathing in pure oxygen for half an hour and you've got these electro currents moving it's, through your body. It's really all the bells and whistles. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Great. And you get to either watch something on Netflix or oh, listen yeah, to relaxing spa up. music mm-hmm. while in here. It's a good experience. People a, really like it. They yeah. fall asleep all the time. We it's, put our son in it like at least once a week, maybe like on bad months, it's twice a month or something, but we put them in there quite a bit. So as you can imagine, we are madly in love with our Hockett. And I'll be honest, like when Tristan said, we need to buy this, I was super skeptical, you guys. I was not on board. I'm like, I cannot believe we spent all this money on this machine. And then as patient after patient after, or I should say client, client after Mm -hmm. client went through it, um, and like just had these incredible results. I'm like, really? Are you? Oh, okay. And then like, and so all of our anecdotal evidence. Now you guys, we just worship the Hockett gods because it's <laughs> so, so powerful and so amazing. And we could have an entire episode where we're just talking about cases on what people have experienced with the Hockett, but everything from um, trigeminal neuralgia to arthritis to people with diabetes starting to get like feeling in their feet again. Um, It's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, we we get a lot of people who are coming down with a cold, like really simple stuff, right? These aren't serious illnesses or diseases, but they feel like they're coming down with something. So they'll come in, they'll get in our Hockett. 
and they'll completely avoid the cold. Yep. Or if you're like slap bang in the middle of the cold and your body just can't shake it, Mm -hmm. you get in the hocket and it like helps your body push it out like so fast. Now some people need to do two like back to back. So they do one, one day, they skip a day and they do another one and then it's gone. And these people have been sick for like a month and they just couldn't push it. This hocket machine pushes it. It destroys whatever your body is dealing with. It is amazing and we love it. Yep. Okay. All right. So we've Next. covered hyperbaric and we've covered Hockett. We're and about how's our time? Well, we're about fifty minutes in. Oh, so man. we I mean we could go another twenty minutes and talk about everything else. Should we talk about the hair DNA analysis? We can. We're gonna have to be pretty Super quick. Super fast. So, all right. So let's talk about the the epigenetic nutritional analysis. Yes. What we call around the clinic the, the hair analysis. Exactly. And the way this works is that we basically pull your hair out. Yep. And, and we want the roots. So the the weakness of this thing is that it has to be in yeah. person. We so cannot, we have people all over the country say, I want to do your test. Can I send in my hair? And I'm like, I'm no. sorry, you can't. Like, I need it live. Like your hair, your hair root and all the DNA and tissue starts to oxidize within three minutes. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, this is only a service that we can provide to local people. And so basically what we do is the hair... and on your body is the only thing that's inside your body and outside your body too. So it's exposed to both environments, your internal and your external environment. So we pull your hair, we make sure we get the roots. We put it on this kind of S drive. And um, sorry, you guys, I'm a little phlegmy today (laughs) from allergies. I'm having a hard time breathing. And it sounds like I have my sexy voice on too. Right. And so, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so, um, so anyway, so we put the hair on this S drive and then um, we measure it and it's, it's super fast. And then the, the algorithms that this machine measures the epigenetic content of your hair, um, it sends those algorithms to a massive computer in Germany. It goes through its algorithms and about 15 to 20 minutes later, it spews out a report to us. And then that report shows us Vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, fatty acids, environmental factors like um, heavy metals, chemicals, radiation, and then EMFs. And EMFs are electromagnetic frequencies. So cell phones and electrical wires and cell phone tires, cell phone tires, cell phone phone, uh, towers, and all that jazz. So that all can sound a little bit overwhelming, but really there are three, three main things that we get from these analyses. Mm -hmm. First is, which of your functional systems need extra support right now? Well, and the reason why it it tells us that is because it prioritizes everything too. Mm -hmm. So out of all of those things I listed, it puts it in like highest priority Mm -hmm. that needs attention now to lowest priority. And so that is the beauty of this hair analysis because sometimes people say, where do I start? Like, what do I need to heal first? Mm -hmm. Because let's say you do blood work, right? And it shows you all of these imbalances and it's like, well, where do we start? With the hair Mm -hmm. analysis, it says, you need to start with digestion, then you need to start with hormones and then you need to follow up with sleep. And we're like, okay, that's what we need to focus on. So, so that's the first thing that we really get as our takeaway is which of these systems are the most important right now. The second is which nutrients are going Mm -hmm. to contribute the most to helping us support these systems. Exactly. And sometimes that means things to avoid as well. But basically it says, okay, here are the, the key components. And then the third thing, and probably the most important 
is what foods yep. are going to help you get the nutrients that are going to support your body in the way it needs it most. So it gives you a list of foods that you need to increase in your daily intake. And I'm going to go on a soapbox here for just a second. The best thing about these analyses is that they do not push supplements, mm-hmm. right? I absolutely cringe at all the different tests out there that are really just sales tools so that people can sell a whole bunch of supplements, which is no better than the drug pushers that you get at your doctor's office, right? What we try to do is make it as sustainable as possible without having to go to supplements. That's not to say that people don't end up buying supplements. They do quite a bit because for one, people are in a hurry to feel better, right? Sometimes they just want to take a shortcut to get there faster. They want the magic pill. And they they do. They want the magic pill. But I don't blame a person for wanting to feel better in three days rather than in 30 days. Three months even. Or or three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other reason that sometimes people take it is because their health is so bad that they can't afford to wait for the natural foods to get them where they need to be. Exactly. So we have to give them kind of an ultra dose Mm -hmm. of a certain thing. But we always, always, always try to keep it to whole food-based Exactly. Natural supplements. So and we've go, talked about that already. Yeah. Go back and listen to, I think it's our second episode on the healing pyramid where mm. um, our most important thing that we try to uh, explain to our clients is you need to get the nutrition down before you go to treatments because that's going to be the building blocks. That's going to determine how fast you heal, how well you heal, how um, how your body is is investing in itself. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so this hair DNA analysis kind of shows you, okay, here's your foods, now go and do. And it's, it's a very empowering tool, mm-hmm. um, but also very, very intimidating as well because people are not used to being told this. And so they, they're kind of like, we often get the deer in the, the headlights look with people and they're like, oh, I have to change my entire lifestyle. And we're like, well, yeah, what you're doing now is making you sick. Of course you have to change your lifestyle. You you get to, you get to do something in your life that is going to improve your health. That is amazing. That is so empowering. This is not a, you have to passively accept the stuff that we are peddling because it's your only hope for feeling better, Right. right? This is, you have the power. You have the ability to make decisions today that are going to lead to better health tomorrow. Exactly. And you don't have to wait for anybody else to do something. And it's not going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars no. in medical fees and treatments. It might cost you an extra $100 a month because you're going to start buying organic whole foods mm-hmm. instead of packaged garbage processed Mac junk. and cheese. Yes. Yep. And you're going to feel better. And it's going to be because of what so you did, much better. not because of what somebody else did to you. Exactly. That's amazing. So we really, really love the nutritional analysis. Yep. Exactly. The, and actually the, the nutritional analysis is what kind of started me down this road of creating the Gutsy Health Program because we would do all of these tests and no one would implement them. And so I was like, how can I create something that holds people accountable and handholds them through these lifestyle changes? Because yes, to us, it's as easy as just changing your nutrition and incorporating more good foods and less bad foods. But for other people, that is so hard. They're giving up their drug of choice. They're giving up 
the, um, you know, the saying, rather the devil you know than the devil you don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? And so lifestyle changes is so scary. It's one of the scariest things you'll ever do. So we created this program for these clients and really for anyone who is ready to change and just doesn't know how. And a list of foods is just not enough to help implement those changes. And so the Gutsy Health program was created. And, um, and so far, so good, I think. You know, it's doing really, really well. And it's been so fun for us. And the beauty of the Gutsy Health program is we can touch base with these people daily. And, and see we do, how we multiple do. times a day, actually. Multiple times a day. And we're like, how is X, Y, and Z? How's your digestion? Have you been able to make the meal plans? What was easy? What was hard? What did you like? What didn't you like? What symptoms are you experiencing? Like we're constantly in contact with them, advocating for them because when there's, when you start to implement something brand new, all of these new changes in your body, like, and like in your kitchen can be overwhelming. And so how do you know what's normal and not normal? Like, let's say you start eating more vegetables and you now have indigestion. Why the heck are you having indigestion? This isn't they can supposed ask to happen us. when you're getting healthier. So what they do is they ask us and we say, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z. The reason why that's happening is because of A, B, and C. Keep going, just try this. And then they'll implement something and then they'll report back and we're like, awesome. Okay, now try this. And then they implement it and then they improve and improve and improve. But that's not something that they could have figured up on their own. You know, they they had us with the clinical experience. I can't say clinical. Um, with well, the with the health experience. Can we say clinical? We can say clinical. Okay. We can't say medical. No, no, no. Okay. But it's not. It's clinical. Right. We're good. So we've had the clinical experience where we have dealt with this with like hundreds of people. And so this isn't our first rodeo. So we can coach them through until their digestion starts to improve or until their anxiety starts to improve or their sleeping starts to improve. Whatever it is that they're suffering with, we can coach them through it. And so it's been amazing because doing that by yourself is really scary. Yeah. And we have this really cool system, I think at least where we we use this program called Voxer and it kind of acts like a walkie talkie so Mm -hmm. that we can text back and forth just like you normally would with a phone, but we can also just record voice Voice notes and we can listen to voice recordings on double or triple speed or quadruple or quadruple speed. (laughs) And it's amazing because for Jeanique and for me, it helps us to be really efficient with Mm -hmm. this coaching, super responsive, which means it doesn't doesn't take us all day long to respond to people and to mm-hmm. work through their stuff, which means that we can be very fast in getting back to people right. and we can do it throughout the course of the day, like in between changing diapers mm-hmm. or in between Picking up clinic kids treatments, uh-huh, taking kids to school, things like that. And it, it doesn't take a huge burden from us. Right. And it also allows us to be very available for right. people. and Without feeling like we're being taken advantage of. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's been working out really well. And hopefully the people that are in the program right now are, are feeling the same way. I but, so. But I, I mean, I believe that what they're getting is the most amazing coaching experience because yeah. we're in their back pocket exactly all day long. Mm-hmm. Granted, we're not going to answer stuff in the middle of the night, but... Uh, we have in the past. But it has happened. <laughs> we, it's true. We've done we're four night consultations owls. at 1130 at night. <laughs> so anyways, so, um, so, so long story short, the hair analysis really inspired the Gutsy Health Program because the hair analysis provided the answers, but the Gutsy Health Program provided the how to implement but if you are not in the local area and the hair analysis is not an option for you, 
worry not because we do have another option that can be extremely beneficial and covers a lot of the same bases. Mm-hmm. And that's the functional blood test analysis, which is where I do not take blood from you. <laughs> I repeat, I do not take blood from you, but you get a doctor to order labs for you and then you get the results and I go through those results with you in detail, provide a report that is very similar actually to what we get with the hair analysis mm-hmm. and help people to come up with a nutritional plan to address the imbalances that are in their blood so we can actually observe them. But um, Just to kind of explain Tristan repeating himself, that's an inside joke that we hope we can explain to you guys in the upcoming months. And it's probably also for the benefit of certain people that, um, yeah, that might be listening to this and trying to accuse us of things that we are not doing, like drawing blood. So we will explain more, but for now, we'll just say that, no, we do not draw blood at our clinic. (laughs) We do not. I am not a medical- We're terrified of needles. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm not a medical assistant. I have no interest in becoming one. I I don't want to take your blood. I I just want to look at your labs, guys. I I do not want to see your blood. I don't want to see a needle. I initially chose psychology over medicine, specifically (laughs) because I'm not all that into body parts. He has a really like sensitive stomach with queasy things. it's not my thing. So, but I do like to look at the lab results and mm-hmm. um, I've got a system I use that I think is really great. It can see everything from how your cholesterol is doing to how your immune system is doing, your thyroid hormones, your sex hormones, your inflammation markers. Of course, your your red blood cell, white blood cell counts. I mean, a bunch of your different nutrients. It's an awesome system. And what I love about it is we can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be in the local area. We do these consultations with people from Florida, from, we did Tennessee recently. Mm -hmm. We do California. I mean, you name a place we can. If you're in Australia, we can look at your blood work guys. As long as somebody can draw blood for you Mm -hmm. and get it to the lab, we can use that and give you some information. Us for is a second opinion. Yep. That's it. We're not prescribing. We're not, we're just saying, hey, you should probably ask your doctor about X, Y, and Z. Yep. You know, so just empowering tools. But for- but even more importantly, we talk about how your nutrition mm-hmm. can get you where you want to be. Exactly. Because in so many cases, it's just a matter of changing your diet, getting some foods that are going to heal your body rather than create exactly. more harm to your body. And then the Gutsy Health Program is the way to kind of put it all together and and, and implement it. Make it happen. So yeah. that it becomes super intuitive for you and it's not hard anymore. It's just your daily habits. Yep. So I think that's it, guys. So those Do are, we want to talk about the boots? Do um, we have time? We Yeah, we can talk about the boots in about three minutes. Okay. So let, let's try to do that. So the boots, that's the another compression one. compression boots. You, you'd have to be local. Now, this is reflexology. Mm-hmm. So once again pull out your controversy hat because reflexology is very controversial. Mm-hmm. But this is cool. I find this so fascinating. Reflexology, foot zoning, I mean, they're all kind of the same uh, concept, really. But but this one, I feel like it is in a different class from all the other reflexology things out there because of how it turns right. your foot into a map of your body. So what we do is we put these compression boots on your feet and they kind of like 
bring all the blood down to your feet. And um, according to the reflexes in your feet that are associated with different organs in your body, the blood will pull in those areas and kind of stick around. It'll be sticky because of um, blockages. And so after about five minutes of that suction on your feet, we pull those boots off, the boots off really fast. And then we take photos of your feet and they will have different colors in different areas according to what your body is experiencing in that moment. So um, Cecilia, who does the boot reading, or the feet reading, she can see like if you have a headache or if you have had a bowel movement recently or if you've had an insulin spike recently or um, if you have parasites or yeast or fungus or bacteria or a massive overdose of toxins. And so it's it's really amazing her the eye that she has that she can read all of this. It's, it's unbelievable. And we really like to utilize this boot um, compression treatment to, um, to, to kind of track our clients and see mm-hmm. if they are getting better. And so it, once the colors start to fade more and more and more, we can actually see that our clients are improving and getting the results that they want and, it, and it, need. It's like our own little in-office lab test where we can just do a, a scan of them and see. But it's not a lab test but or, and it, or a medical draw- device. We're, we're not drawing blood. We're not practicing medicine. So don't get mad at us, powers that be. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is a really cool way for us to see what direction things are going. And we what really I, shouldn't be this cynical. What, what I actually love about it is that it helps us see things that are not yet perceived by the clients, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So we can see improvement before they feel better. Exactly. And we can see problems before they feel worse. Yeah. So it's kind of like our little like crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And we love it. And it kind of rounds out our, our clinic. Right. Um, like I said, we've had other stuff come and go, but those are the, the ones that what stick. Is that, five things that One, two, three, actually four. stick around. No, the... Mm-hmm. The hair analysis. Blood analysis. Oh, the pocket. blood analysis. Yes, the five things. Yeah. So so those are the five core things. Um, we're always looking for a number six, so we might add one at some point or other. But yeah, so far... If it proves its worthiness to us. Um, these are the ones that, that work, and we consistently get good results with them. So right. we don't really feel a need to change. Yeah. We just want to stay open-minded and make sure that we're not missing something that would exactly. potentially we're be covering you know, all game of our changer. bases. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, welcome to 101 of our clinic. That was more like 1001 mm. on our clinic. And uh, that's that's why we picked everything, you guys. That's why we are passionate about what we do and why we love using healing modalities to heal your body and to help build it up versus break it down. Because um, when you just give your body these simple things like oxygen and vitamins and minerals, the body takes over how it was designed to and just starts to heal. It's in your, it's in your DNA. It's in your, it's, you were literally designed to heal and repair. And we just live in a society that is designed to tear us down from the inside out and completely destroy our bodies. And so, um, so with a little bit of education and a little bit of nudging in the right direction, our clients see amazing results. And so, um, if you feel like you are not getting the results you want, just call us and we do free 20 minute phone consults if you are a new patient. So give us a call. It doesn't hurt to just 
include one or two minds to consult with you and kind of just give you a second opinion. Yep. And I would just add that even though these are the things that we've found and we've chosen, it does not mean that they're the only things that exactly. can work. There are people putting together their own programs all over the world mm-hmm. and getting really great results for themselves. Exactly. The common denominator among all these different people is that they have taken their power into their own hands and they have made decisions based on their own research and their own intuition. Exactly. And they have refused to let other people make the decisions for them. Exactly. I think one of the most beautiful things that sets our clinic apart is we have these incredible uh, clients that come to us and we start them on a healing protocol. And while they're implementing it, they're doing research and they're bringing that research to us and they're saying, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Let's start implementing that too. And then they'll come again. They'll be like, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, you know, I don't know anything about that. I'm going to go home and research it. And then we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they're, they're, they're hungry. They're hungry to heal and they're hungry to learn and know more about their bodies. And so um, I find that those cases are the ones where, oh my gosh, they're, it's, the results that these people get because their mind is in the right space, you know, and they are taking their power back and you can see that, you know, and, and we, we, as people that like coach them through this, they, they don't see us as the power over them. They see us as like a help as a coach. And so they are the ones with the power and we are just a soundboard. And I think that's what really differentiates us. There's no power um, position. It's not like, hey, I'm talking to a doctor and you're the authority. It's like, hey, we're talking as friends. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have expertise. We do not have authority. No. And, and like Janik was saying, when you take your power back, you take your health back. Exactly. And so if you want your health back, then you have no choice but to take your power back. Exactly. And stop giving it away. Okay. Good luck, you guys, on your healing journeys. Hopefully this was helpful if you were curious about the kinds of therapies that are out there and the ones that we provide to our clients. Have a great week. Talk to you later. 